we don't necessarily see our worst in the same way that they see our worst. Welcome, welcome. We back, man. We back. I'm back, man. You Yeah. Huh. Did you see you see how we left you uh Y'all just put me out there too, dog. I ain't appreciate none of the shit that y'all said, but we'll talk about it later off. Sorry off about that. it. Like like we said, man, life happens. Uppercase yeah, L. <laughs> we got a guest. Yes, we do, man. Our brother. The homie. Bobby Rocks. Yes, sir. How you what's doing, up? man? What's up? What's up, fellas? Glad you could join us, man. Happy to have you, man. Hey, man, I'm a happy fan man. of the show. Oh, yeah? Say, hey, I'm, I'm happy to be here. Appreciate what you that. think about it? The show, hey, look, man, it's, it's, it's one of the cleanest and the, and the coolest and sharpest shows you know, on the market to me right now. Oh, that's you know dope. I mean? Just the, you know, the content, you know, how you all unpack things and, and come up with solutions, too. Yeah, how people like to that. talk. You know what I mean, yeah. people just talk about stuff, and I'm like, where's the solution? That's clean. So, yeah. Yeah, that, that really that, draws me in, man. So kudos to y'all smart brothers. Appreciate it, man. And when we ain't got the answers, we clear as a motherfucker on that too. Yeah, <laughs> we'll be like, nah, I don't know. We good. I don't know. Talk for two and a half hours. I still yeah. don't know. <laughs> yeah. But there is something that we do know. Yeah. Um, which kind of leads me into kind of like highlighting why you're here, and just if you just give me an opportunity to kind of paint the backstory picture on. Um, just some stuff. So as men, man, we got to wear a lot of hats. We got to do a lot of shit. And, um, a lot of that stuff that we wear and do is behind the scenes. You know, it's not, uh, it's not for public consumption in most cases. And it's really the hardest shit that we be putting up with and dealing with and overcoming that very few people see. Yep. And as a man, we're in these spaces where we get to hear how other men are managing their life, their challenges, their responsibilities, and all of that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and a lot of times we don't get the same story, like we don't get the same platform to tell the stories that we have, like, mm-hmm. like you know, like other people do. So us having those conversations off behind the scenes are really the only way we express to each other what's happening. Sorry. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Um, And so, Tune the Fork exists so that we can create new patterns, new ideas, new ideals, present and introduce people to things that have always been taking place but hasn't necessarily had the visibility or the space to. And a lot of stuff I think for us as men is just having the space to even feel like we can be supported and, 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 and listened to and not judged and, and all of this kind of shit. And, and so. And to be able to like understand that our stories are common. We ain't, I don't think there's nothing that we've said on here that ain't nobody that can't other people relate to or understand. Yeah. So. And so, um, I know a lot of people who are fathers, man. Yep. You're a father. 
I'm a godfather and you are an actual father. And some of the back end stories that we're talking about are the challenges associated with showing up for our kids, man, and some of the um, struggles associated with managing the relationships with the moms and, and just, you know, how do we be better and how do we support these babies, man, so that they can have the best opportunity in life. And um, a few weeks ago, I saw a video um, that you posted about what you've been going through with your son. Um, and it broke us, bro. Um, dog, I was looking at it, my eyes, I was in tears, dog. Mm. I mean, I, you know, I mean, literally not no figurative, not, you know, overstating the dog. I was like completely and uh, we talked right after, man. I was like, I mean, it, 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 it moved me in, in a wild way. So we want to create a space today um, just to talk about some of the, not to lay blame on, you know, we're family, right? meaning black men, black women, yep. combine with children, create a family, create a union. So it's not necessarily about assigning blame, because I think, you know, as men, we got to take responsibility for a lot of shit that's even outside of what, what our control is if we're going to plot a path forward, right? Mm. Um, but I just wanted to create a space, man, to just, um, Talk about our, our shit, our struggles, and maybe we could even start with, um, you know, kind of where you are with things. You know, you don't necessarily have to go into names or if you don't want to or whatever the case may be, but just yeah. um, um, tell us a little bit about what happened yeah, and a few also, weeks ago. And also <clears throat> understanding, dog, that this is, I mean, any all of these situations are all layered and it's levels and it's layers on top of layers and it's nuance and all that. With all of that understanding, uh, you know, as you talk through it or as we discuss it, understanding that none of this, like you said, we ain't, we ain't trying to get into the blame game and all that because we understand that it's all mixed together and, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. So we, we definitely want to tell a story, tell our stories because a lot of dudes have these same stories mm -hmm. and they can't, you know, the, the characters and the, and the situations might be different, but they all are the same story. So we want to definitely get into and, and start sharing these stories more, man. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and that's why I decided to, to show it. You know, I mean, I, actually, I have a lot of footage. This has been going on for nearly, it's three and a half years. Wow. You know? So yeah. what, what, what you have saw me do over the years is kind of shield her from what I know people were gonna say, essentially when this came out. I could have released stuff two years ago, but I'm like, you know what? Let me give her some time, you know? No man shouldn't have to go through what I went through. You know, a lot of men end up dealing with a lot, mm -hmm. enduring a lot. That's why we check out early. Mm -hmm. We're yeah. dealing with too much. Mm -hmm. uh, as a result of somebody else's trauma. Yep. And that's why we struggle even we don't deal with our trauma because we're dealing with, we, we shouldering a lot. Yeah. So for me, I had to, I came to this the conclusion and decision and I was like, you know, if, if I don't talk about this, if, if I don't show this, 
then you know I'm I'm essentially trying to give her some time to get herself together, but it's now affecting my son. So do I try to? Who am I going to try to save? So what is? You have a son, nine-year-old nine son. Mm-hmm. You're a great father, bro. Appreciate it, man. Understanding. Great don't mean perfect, but it does at the same goddamn time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we're doing a lot. What is the current situation with your with what's going on with your son? So what's happening is with me in the video. You know, for 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 everyone who saw the video, y'all saw the video. What you're what you're essentially seeing is the makings of how people orchestrate things using the court system. So to be clear, it's very easy for someone to just make up a quick lie, go to court, get the paperwork, and next thing you know, the dad doesn't see their daughter or their son. The week. Two weeks. I mean, it's, you know, as a result of this video, you got people talking about they ain't seen the kids in two years. Two years, you know, six months, seven months. And what you saw in the video is just a reoccurrence of things that we essentially go to court and get handled, but we have to keep going through this. So what you see me saying in the video is why do you keep doing this? Why are you creating this situation? Why are you creating a false narrative? And then you're including our child right in it. You know, it's, just, it's hard to catch people on camera. It's hard. So people got these stories, but it's not caught on camera. Yeah. And we got it all caught on camera. You can clearly see, you know, everything you need to see. You know, so it's, a, um, it's unfortunate that I went through that. And it's, 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 it's more importantly unfortunate that my son, our son had to deal with that. But sometimes, you know, you have these things that happen and beautiful things come out of it. Yeah. And I think a lot of amazing things are gonna come out of this video. You know, my son is a, you know, we've had conversation. Uh, I've, I've got him, you know, you know we, we're back together. Uh, but at the end of the day, we need to have a deeper conversation on why does this keep happening? You know, and, and why does the judicial system allow these things to happen? You know, there, there are better ways and there's other things that can be done, but they just don't want to do it. And, um, you know, so I'm here to have that conversation. And I knew that showing the video was going to spark a whole nother conversation. And here we are. So when we have in these relationships, we, we, most of this stuff is happening to your point behind the scene. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that I appreciate about what you did mm-hmm. is because I know multiple people who are struggling, bro. Yep. Who would never do that. Not to say that they're wrong for not doing it, but they've created a story around why that should stay on the back and not be made aware or made to the public, but I think there's benefit to us highlighting 
some of these things just as men. Because sometimes, man, when we create in this space, we ain't really, I don't know if we necessarily try to solve a problem as much as it is just to talk about it and to give it life. And then for some reason, that's like disinfecting. And it seems to make, seems to offer clarity in certain situations. It seems to inspire and encourage other people to do the same. Because there's something about just putting light on shit that just seems to make it right. It's a saying. I gotta make sure I got it right. But it's called a well, it says a well-defined problem is half solved. Mm. Mm. You know, a well-defined problem is, is, is already half solved because it's, it's right out there. And, you know, I think we're in a culture where, you know, we kind of sweep things under the rug. And uh, so that means that we're kind of taken away from the solution. Yeah. The solution is almost like right there because it's that defined, yeah. that prevalent. So, you know, there's, there's a duty for us to, 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 to fix it. And, you know, sometimes they say we shouldn't fix things. You know, maybe we try to fix things too much. Yeah. You know, but a lot of things do need to be fixed. You know, we're not going to sit there and let the, the leaky faucet just keep running. Right. We got to fix it. You can get that water bill. Yeah. Yeah. No, so I like that analogy. And there's a a lot of times, man, it's these kinds of things are painted with a very broad brush that it's um that it's almost like uh because of perception, like popular perception about these, then you know, it's all the same. So, you know, whether it's the court system or the law enforcement or whatever the case is, is really painted, you know, this is the situation. So now as they intervene or as they sort of deal with the situation, as we deal with the situation, we deal with it with that broad brush. And we don't really look at the, um, like I said, the layers and the levels and all the things that are all the interactions that have happened to get us to this point. Like you said, you've been dealing with it for years this is not anything that just happened just now you know what i'm saying you've been and probably something similar before that so there's i think a lot of it gets lost in us trying to make it all kind of this is the solution right or mm-hmm. this is the this is what we should do and not look at these these nuance and these and these situations as individual things and it's relationships man you're dealing with relationships and how people feel and what they've been through and and how all that mixes with what you feel and what you've been through and mm-hmm. all of that powder keg mixed together, man, and it mm-hmm. and it ends up being some shit. Yeah. I mean, we have a bunch of uh, you know, men are unfortunately tagged with stereotypes. And one of the biggest things that I found for husbands and fathers and men in general is that we're not good communicators. And, you know, me being a person in communication, I'm like, shit. <laughs> the hell are y'all talking about, man? I'm right. in communication, so you're not going to put that on me. Right. You know what I mean? But I, I know how to talk. Right. That's what I do for a living. And what I found just by, uh, because to be a good communicator, you have to also be a good listener. You know, when I do interviews, I got to listen to people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I got to do research and study people to understand what am I going to say to them. You know, I have to get background on these people, you know, when I, when I talk to them. And, you know, just observing a lot of men, you brothers, you know what I mean? Right. Uh, a lot of men are great communicators. And what I tell people now is that um, 
and I say this, and I got to, you know, I'm not treading shit. <laughs> a lot of women are not good listeners. Mm. And it gets put on us. He does not know how to communicate. But he does. You're not listening to what he's saying. Or you're speaking two different languages and you need a translator. Right. And sometimes in relationships, you feel the same thing. You're saying the same thing. You want the same thing. Mm -hmm. But somebody's speaking two different languages. So you need somebody to step in and say, okay, this is what she's saying. This is what he's saying. But if you just put the uh, the onus on the man to say that, you know, you all are not great communicators. No, no. Some men are very great communicators. I, I think people hear what they want to hear. Yeah. yeah. And that's how you get miscommunication and you know, people are not able to balance their relationship out because one person is not hearing the other person. Right. And then you add to that insecurities. Yep. That's going to automatically project some shit that has nothing to do with what the person was saying. Right. And and then you can go down a path for so long to where you actually lose sight of how you even, of what the initial objective was of it. And then, and that's kind of where I felt like you were in the video to a degree, not, I felt like you were at your wits end and like there was just a fuck it, I'm done, I ain't taking this shit no more. And you were just ready to suffer the consequences of whatever was going to happen because you were done with trying to communicate or being misunderstood or not listened to or whatever the case may be. And those are the instances I feel that get the most visibility when it comes to men and when we communicate, Mm -hmm. when we're at the wits end, when we're Mm -hmm. done fucking going back and forth and Mm -hmm. trying to say some shit 72,000 times in two two million different dialects Mm -hmm. and you still don't get what I'm saying. And now that I'm blowing up out of frustration, valid frustration or whatever, I'm in a position that I feel like my back is against the wall. Right. Mm -hmm. Don't nobody see all of the other shit that led to this moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I mean, that's why I was really vocal. I was narrating it in the in the video because it started out with she sent an email saying, Do you want to get our son today? And I said, Of course, you used to do a court order to drop him off. So of course I want to get him. So she was going there to drop him off, knowing that she had also called the sheriffs to meet her there. To file a protective order against you. Yes. So the... She met us there knowing that Mason was going to be ambushed by officers. But so was the protective order before? Like, did she do it in a moment that she met you or did she do it before then sent you the email? She did it before. And then sent an email. Yes. So then called the sheriff saying that you'll be there and you'll be breaking the protective order by you showing up to she, get him. Yes. Even though she called to say to get him. Right. Okay. So what was the protective order was, for? So basically with a protective order, anybody can get one. So right. if you decide to say your neighbor slapped you upside your head, 
you can go down to D.C. Superior Court and get a protective order. What did she say you did to, to, that warranted her getting a protective order? She's saying that, you know, I'm trying to ask her for us to be back together. Oh, you basically harassing her to get back together. Yeah, so, so the thing is, is that we've been to court. She filed seven of these. So we know the routine. She filed what? Seven of them. Oh, pr protective orders. Okay. Yeah. So what Same happened? reason? Same reason, or she'll add on something. She'll make up anything. Okay. He's, you know, I saw him at a concert, and, you know, this is a concert that I'm actually performing at. <laughs> <laughs> and she's going to the concert that I'm at. Yeah. Clearly, everybody knows the one. Your name on the flyer. And she's there. So she's actually orchestrating things. This is why I'm saying that this being caught on camera is epic because this happens all the time. People are making up whoppers, and some people don't want to believe that people are willing to lie like that. But this is happening across the nation, and fathers are losing custody, mm -hmm. not seeing their children as a result of somebody just lying. And the judges are not doing any research. At a stroke of a pen, they just change custody just like that. Everybody knows they call it a silver bullet. If you're going through a custody issue and you are not wanting to other, the other party to have custody, file a protective order. It's like just what you do in the beginning just to yeah. set it up. Yeah. That's some lawyer shit that a lawyer would tell so you. People, people do it all the time. They do it all the time. And it's, it's, it's hurting the black community exponentially. It's happening to other races, but it's hitting our community big time. Most black fathers are, are non-custodial parents. Yeah. Most black fathers are non-custodial parents. Yep. So you're already at a disadvantage right there. You're a non-custodial parent, meaning that you don't reside with your child. So do you have an influence on your child if you don't reside with him or her? Yes, you do, but not to the magnitude of whoever he or she is in a house with. Now, is non-custodial, if you have joint custody, is that still considered non-custodial? Non-custodial? Custody and... Custody, physical. you got physical and you got legal. Right. So, so custody and custodial are two different things. They're separate. What's so your you boys can, considered? Well, we have an agreement that it's joint down the line. Uh, but it are you considered custodial or non-custodial? Custodial. custodial. You're considered custodial. Yeah. Cust I'm fucking that word up. Yeah. You're considered custodial. Yeah. Okay. But you can be non-custodial and still have joint legal legal custody. That means that custodial means uh, and it probably varies from state to state, but it means that you get to say, okay, doctors, mm -hmm. where we live, to a degree, and those kinds of decisions that you make for your child, mm -hmm. right? That's custodial. Custody means that you either join, that means you can do seven, seven days, five days. That's on, time, days shit. On. That's time, right? Custodial mm -hmm. is making decisions for the, for, the, for the baby. It's legal and physical, basically. Right. So what you're saying with the doctor's decisions, that's legal. Physical is where does the child reside? Right. Okay. So if your child live with you most of the time, then you have physical custody. Right. And you are non-custodial. I don't have any custody. Zero. That's crazy. No legal, nothing. As a result of her creating these false narratives, going to court and saying all of these things. But then when you un- when you unpack her case, she has an identical case with her previous husband. And she did the same thing. 
and he lost custody, but he battled, and he fought, and he fought, and he fought. 2017, she lost custody. So let me ask you this, Doc. When, and again, this is a story that's, I promise you, this is a story that's common. But let me say this. Well, I'm not going to say that. When, like, looking back, well, let me start here. What was your emotional state when, when you pulled up and you saw what the situation was? Did you know immediately? Did you have to, like, process it a little bit? And what, you know, because it seems like when, when, the, when, the, when, when you started recording, it was already escalated, mm -hmm. right? But I just want to know, like, where was your feelings? Where were your emotions in, the, in that time? You know, when I pulled up, I was, um, <clears throat> she's pulled a lot of shenanigans before. Like, we've literally had to go to court for things like this before. Yeah. And, you know, for me, I'm frustrated with the court system because she has a long history of doing this. Mm -hmm. And I've won all the cases, all of them. So it's like, okay, at some point, do you, you know, look at her and say, well, she, she has a pattern and she has a history. But, you know, I'm never going to stop picking up my son. You know, so when she called me and she's been acting really strange over the past couple of months, you know, not following the order, not dropping them off, you know, all sorts of things that is just peculiar that she's been doing. So but at the end of the day, that's that's her court order day. She's court ordered to drop him off. So she sends me an email. Hey, do you want to get him? I was like, of course, you know, so. I go up, and of course, you know, she's been doing a whole lot of different things. So I'm like, oh, I'm not sure. But again, school is out because normally I go get her from the school, so I don't have to deal with her at all. Mm. And it seems like she likes to, you know, she prefers that we meet with each other. You would think that when somebody doesn't want anything to do with anybody, you're like, cool, go pick them up from the school so I don't have to see you. But for some reason, she wants to see me. So, you know, I'm like, fine, I'll have to get them on this day out of school. And I pull up, she's in the parking lot, she drops our son off. Son gets out of the car, I'm like, cool, you know, we're walking away, and then next thing you know, it's like this dude coming around the corner like the Duke's a hazard. In the parking lot. This is in the parking lot. The sheriff. Yeah, okay. you know, so almost hit us. It was crazy. It was like something out of a movie, man. So I'm sitting there like, okay, here come the sheriffs. They're pulling straight to it, like, coming towards us, and I'm like, what is going on, jumping out the car? Like, you would think it's a drug bus. <laughs> and it's like, so I'm, I'm, in my mind, I'm like, what is going on here, and why are they coming towards us? And it took me a second to realize, you know what? She called him here, and she dropped him off, and then I'm, like, trying to figure out what the sheriffs want. So I'm thinking that, you know, hey, well, maybe they need to give me some papers or whatever, and we're going to go about our day. And that's when you hear them doing all the other stuff. And I'm sitting there like, well, in my mind, why in the hell would she do that to our kid? You know what I mean? What were they saying to you? What were they saying? They was trying to serve me papers. They was trying to serve me papers. And they were saying that you can't take your son. So I'm like, well, why the hell would she drop him off if I, if I can't actually take him? You know what I mean? You, so in my mind now, I'm like, you purposely dropped him off to have him picked up by sheriffs. Who the hell does that? You know, like, that's, that's our child. That's a nine-year-old boy. You orchestrated this to have him dropped off only to be picked up three minutes later? Dude, there's so many different ways you can serve somebody, and you don't have to do it that way. 
So at that point, I'm like, you know what? This is the silliest thing ever. And now I'm in protect mode because of my son, because he's been traumatized with several things that she's done. So now I'm upset with the sheriff. So I'm like, you know, did you all know that, that he was going to be here? Did she tell you these things? And I'm like, this is just getting way out of hand. Because, again, this is my court order day, too. So I'm supposed to have him. Not like, you know, I didn't took him from her or something like that. She dropped him off. And in my mind, I'm like, she has committed probably the ultimate act of foolery today. And I'm going to pull my camera out and I'm going to videotape it. Because this has been going on, and I have court testimony. I have emails, I have text messages, but we don't have this on video. So I started you know, videotaping, and as you all can see, you know, she's literally in the video. She dropped him off, and then she tried to pull up like she wasn't there at all, and she was coming to get him. Like, you know, like she found him at the location, and she was looking for our son because I had him. So what I found out is that she told him that I've had him for three months. <laughs> That's why she dropped him off, because she wanted to look like I had him for months. And what y'all are seeing is that this is not uncommon. People are orchestrating hits on fathers all day long. When women are done, such certain women, when they're done with you, they will, they will do things like this to you, and they get away with it all the time. But brothers don't have the platform to be able to talk about it or show it. And it's hard, again, to catch it on camera. To catch all that on camera was very, uh, it's, I mean, because, hey, look, the devil's tricky, man. Yeah, yeah. Wait, so she told the police that the child was with you. So they rolled up at that moment thinking that the child was with you, and she rolled up with the child with her? Well, she was rolling up like she was trying to retrieve Mason from me. She, had she already just dropped them off. off. And then the police came. It wasn't so it looked time. like that he was because he was already with him. So it looked like he had been with him, and now she's rolling up to get him. Say, hey, give me my son. Exactly. <laughs> you see his face? He's he like, hey, man. It's, it's that serious, man. Wait, 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 wait. She drops your son off and then pulls up and says, give me my son? Yes. Wow, man. So what were, if you don't mind me asking, man, again, none of this you got to answer if you don't want to. What were, what were the papers they were trying to serve you? So when you get a protective order, you know, you can either get a protective order for yourself mm -hmm. or some people. A lot of, a lot of mom, when, when they're in a custody battle, they try to get a protective order with the children attached mm. to the protective order. Okay. Because before I get to divorce court, if I can get a uh, protective order against you taking custody... I've already, I won custody before we got to divorce court or custody court if you're not married. You right. won, you won custody before? You're, no, you're, I'm you're saying, physically no, divorced. No, no, what I'm saying is that people, when, when there's a divorce or a separation that's about to happen, gotcha. people will file a protective order because generally you got two sides saying they both want custody. Mm -hmm. The father say, nah, I think I should have custody. The mother say, no, I think I should have custody. And then of course, you know, with custody comes child support. Most women ain't paying child support. They don't want to, it's like, I mean, they turn into, you know, different type of people. If you, if you try to get them to, if you try to take the children and if, and if you know, you think you're going to have them pay 
child support. So what they do is, instead of trying to work it out, because people are so fast to go to court, and sometimes they take a couple of passes with a, you know, a therapist or a psychologist or a psychiatrist, a you know, pastor, you know, family member, elder in the community, it takes time to kind of like let things kind of simmer down and come up with an action plan. But people use court as their their first remedy instead of the very, very last remedy. It's a weapon. Yeah, exactly. Life just said it. So what people do is a lot of ladies, they know that the court is slanted towards them. And all they need to do is just file a protective order. And if they get it granted, and sometimes you don't even have to get it granted. If I just keep filing one against you, then the judge is going to be like, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. So by the time you get to divorce court, she'll say, well, I had to file seven protective orders against him. You know, anything they need to do to get custody. Just on the surface. Anything that they need to do to get custody, they will do it. So that's what she did. So that you so so there was a there was a protective order filed against you for her and your son. Well, she tried to get one, but then the judge, thankfully, they are looking at her history. Mm-hmm. And she got one from a lower court that had our son on it. Mm. The higher court got the that protective order and changed it and took Mason off of it. Okay. So when I got the papers, um, after a while, I, w- I looked at him. I was like, you know, Mason is not on a protective order. You know, because I'm kind of savvy with this now because we've been going back and forth with this for a while. So Mason is not a, when you have a protective order, they list everybody that is protected on the order. Mm-hmm. So say if, James, you and I were protected from life, you know, both of us would be on this protective order saying that life should not contact James or Bobby. Gotcha. So Mason was not on the order. Right. So I'm telling them since this is my court order day. This is what you're telling the sheriff in yeah, the moment. Okay. And, and he's not on a protective order. Right. Then just give him the papers and we'll leave. Right, we'll just see and they're trying to take your son. Yeah. So they're right. under the impression that he's under protective order. Yes. That's why they wanted to take him. And that, I, that she hasn't had him in months. But that ain't got nothing to do with them. Yeah, but they're thinking that they had to return Mason to her because I've held him for these months. That's why she dropped him off and pulled off and then pulled up like she had an idea that he's going to be at this store. That's sinister, man. How did the? It's a it's a lot of it's a yeah. lot of. Well, let's say this, dog. Let's let's say that there's this end of that, but then we talked about this too. There's also the end where women are in real trouble, are in real jeopardy of physical, and these babies is some wild dudes out here doing wild things. Mm-hmm. So a lot of time these sheriffs and officers err on the side of overprotecting because of what the possibility could happen. Mm-hmm. But it seems like that, again, that's weaponized uh, because someone along the way, there's no social work involved. There's no research to see what's really happening. Mm-hmm. There's no understanding about the parties involved. There's no, because a lot of times, like even like, when, when it comes to parents losing their, um, uh, their custody of their kid, like when they do something where they see negligence, there's social workers involved that work with them to get their kids back to understand what's going on all around, all over the place. Mm-hmm. 
but it doesn't seem like that that happens in these sorts of things. I don't know if it does. Well, in certain counties, I mean, certain, certain counties, certain counties, they do do research. Okay. I mean, this is happening so much in Prince George's County, they know what time it is. So you can have judges right there in Prince George's County, like, you know what, sis? Interesting. You, you, you can have a protective order if you want to. Yeah. But we did research and found out that you're about to go to custody court. Is that correct? And they'll say, yeah, I'm about to go to custody court. Okay, yeah. so we're not going to put the children on your protective order. Right. You can have a protective order if you want to. Right. But we're going to keep the kids off of it. You know, but, you know, you get a Howard County, mm. you know, which is, it's almost like being back in the twilight zone. And we can unpack why I believe, well, at this point, why I know why they're doing, you know, what they're doing. Oh, we all These people are not familiar with black folks like that. You know, Howard County, I think rep- maybe 13 or 14% of Howard County is, is African-American, black. Whereas Prince George County, that number is... You know, far and wide, uh, yeah. and it's a, it's a lot more black judges in Prince George's County. Mm. Um, there were no judges in the circuit court that were black. No judges. I'm sorry. There, there, there is one, but you know, we we go back and forth. You know, he he told me he was black, and I told him I couldn't tell. <laughs> that that helped you. I, I'm pretty sure he. Uh, I'm sure helped me out a whole lot. <laughs> but this is after he is after he's done a lot of things. He has a track record of not being fair, and judges are supposed to be fair. It's supposed yeah. to be fair. You don't support, I mean, implicit bias is a, it's a whole different thing, but. Or at least follow the law. They don't, and, and, and once a retired lawyer pulled me to the side and said, he's an older guy, so he thought, you know, we, you know, we still, you know, kind of look young. Y'all brothers take care of yourself. So, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. They thought I was younger than what I really was. And he was yeah. like, young man, you know, I'm just letting you know out here, this is a twilight zone and they don't follow the law. Yeah. And when he, I'll say, in 20, this is like 2019, I'll say, what are you talking about in 2019? Why wouldn't they? He said, they don't follow the law. It's different. And, you know, when you have that type of situation going on, you know, and you're represented by a lawyer and you have evidence and they still like, you know, whatever. I mean, that's like being back in a Jim Crow era. Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, it doesn't even matter that you have representation. They're going to do what they want to do. And that's and that's what that retired lawyer said. There's people off you know, the record saying these things to me because I've been there so much. They see me fighting. They see how slanted and wrong it is. And they're sitting there saying things off the record. Of course, I can't say it on the record. But, you know, this is, this is, this is where we are in Howard County. Let me ask you a question. And I think this is going to probably be, it's a, it's a I want to kind of take a different path. And if, if, it, if you're not comfortable, it's fine. I understand. When, when did things start getting bad between like you and the mom? Was that something that was gradual or did, as it relates to like all of this stuff that you're experiencing now, or was it something that just happened suddenly? I think that she was, well, between us, you know, there's a lot of things that was going wrong with her, but some people are really good with being able to cover up things. They're good with being able to mask things. And of course, you know, when you start living with people, you see things. And um, I think with us, just to answer your, your, your point directly, I think that things started unraveling when she lost custody of her older son. Mm-hmm. 
So she lost custody of her older son in 2017. So she has two kids. She has two children. Okay. So and y'all were together when she lost custody of her yeah. son. So she was involved in a court battle. Start to sound familiar. She's involved <laughs> in a court battle from the time she moved from Prince George's County. Because I was already in Howard County. She moved out there. was my older son. So I'm a custodial parent, like as in having custody of my older son. So you have two sons? Yeah. Okay. So my older son... I How got him, he? he's now 19 years old. Okay. He's 19 years old. I got him when he was six, meaning that he moved back with me full-time, a full-time dad uh-huh. with a six-year-old, uh-huh. all right? Um, and his mother's active. She's in Virginia, you know what I mean? So, you know, we are co-parenting. He just happens to live with me in Howard County. Right. So it's him and I, and then she moves out to Howard County, you know, with me, with her son. The moment she moved, which was 2011, he started filing them court cases. It was court cases before, but trust and believe, it was some court cases. So, so just so just so we're clear, so you have a six year old that you're living with at the time that that you're, and then she has two. Mm-hmm. She has one. She has one at the time. Yeah. And how old was he when when you when he moved in? He was uh, so my boy was six, about seven, and her baby boy is about six years old. Okay, so he was a little bit younger. Age. Okay, so about the same. About it, yeah, for a couple okay. months apart. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, then court cases ensue. You know, he's sending sheriffs and officers at the door in Howard County, knocking on the door, serving papers, and then they start going to court. The, the, the son's father. Son's father. Okay. Her son's father. Yeah, they start going to court. Howard County, Prince George's County, they're going to court every three months. So was he seeing the son? Was he upset he was seeing that he the son, wasn't? But what happened is that uh, I think he has a case similar to yours. He has joint legal custody. Okay. So when you have joint legal custody, from yeah. what I understand, you're supposed to inform the person yep. when you're about to move. Yep. Or if you're making these moves, she didn't do it. I think, and also you have, well, it depends on the county. You have to, you cannot move within a certain distance radius from where you are right. unless the parents agree or there's some kind of... right kind of uh, something that needs to be done. And this so, move to Howard County breached that? Uh, it may, I mean, it wasn't super far. It was right there on the Laurel Line. Okay. Yeah. But from where she was, it was, um, what was it, St. Barnabas Road in Prince George's County yeah. to Howard County Laurel Side. So okay. bottom line, the father didn't like that shit. Oh, no. right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So he, right. Start, he, went, he went through a process. He, yeah. he so soon and it was probably some other shit involved yeah. too. Well, also too, I mean, you got to say that. that you know she's 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 essentially moving in with a guy, right? Yeah, and he has every other weekend schedule. Did you and know him? Mind, did you? I mean, did you guys have a conversation? No, we didn't. We okay. I had seen him a couple of times before. Yeah, but I was asking her questions, mm. and she answered them wrong. Now mm. <laughs> we know we she answered them wrong. But what I did do was I tried to reach out to him because I knew that, you know, this young man would be moving out to Howard County with me. So I did right. reach out to him because, you know, a lot of guys, you know, get a little riled up when that situation hey, happens. Oh, yeah. And I wanted to let him know because of the situations I've been through before, you know, even with my son, I was like, you know, I need to let this guy know that, hey, man, I am not trying to step on your toes and I do not want to be his daddy. Because right. some people, you know, come in the picture being like, you know, I got to beat my chest. I got to raise yeah. this child. Call me dad. This dude is sure. a deadbeat because the mama says so. Yeah. And now I got to step in and raise this guy. And I was like, you know what? I don't want that type of situation for my life and my family. Right. And because I know what that entails, which right. is which is court. Right. 
So I tried to reach out to him, but I mean, at that thing, I, I don't think he was trying to hear it. Yeah. So uh, this is 2011. 2011. You're observing how she's moving and reacting mm-hmm. to the to the to the first dad at the time. How were you feeling about this? How were you processing that relative to what was going on? Well, what happens is that men get this narrative put on them by the, uh, the, the mother, the lady. You know what I mean? And oftentimes men don't talk. So we won't call the person and try to speak to them and have a conversation. We're going to take whatever that person said that their ex is for face value. Mm-hmm. And you don't get a chance to really bounce it off and do research and say, well, let me ask him or, you know, let me ask her. You know, it's just that's what she said or, you know, in a, in a guy's instance, that's what he said about, you know, his ex-wife or whatever. And then you just move on. And you usually, know. you know, you get that story after you have sex with him. Yeah. And you also know, so it's. We get into this, <laughs> these men, as men, we get into the saving mode where, you know, we see them as a damsel in distress. Mm-hmm. We love them. So, you know, we want to help them as much as they can. And we see a bad guy and, you know, it's, it's nuanced and there's a lot of layers in it, man. And, it, and it's all, it's all, I don't know what it is, but it, 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 it's a lot to it. So when you said, I want you to feel like I knew I shouldn't have got married when I got married. I knew that wasn't the right one. I'll be 100% honest. I can blame it on a gang of shit about her not being right or whatever. Her, 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 her. James Shelby knew that she wasn't the right one. And so in hindsight, I asked myself, why did I do that? And I got to answer that honestly when I ask the question right. A lot of the men who I know who are going through a divorce or who have gone through a divorce, the majority of the ones, I'm talking about like, I can't, I can't even remember somebody saying they didn't know. Mm-hmm. Most men, all the men that I can think of in hindsight, knew that the person that they were marrying, that there was something off, that there wasn't the right one. That's true. And so when I talk to women about, and I, when I say that to a woman, when I say, oh, I knew I shouldn't, I knew I shouldn't have got married when I got married, they're like, why the hell did you do it? She'd be like, mm-hmm. do you know how many motherfuckers are still going through this shit? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Especially I, I, it's some dudes who ain't never been married before, right? Mm-hmm. I, I talked to a dude, we got a homeboy, and I was telling him, he was like, dude, why would you do that? That sounds mm-hmm. silly as hell. And I'm like, most motherfuckers <laughs> are marrying people they know they shouldn't marry. And, and, and so I'm asking the question in, in regards to like when and because I feel like somewhere through the process, we're choosing a life experience in order to learn something from that should eventually put the lens back on us to try to not judge or make us feel bad or anything but just really just to help us understand more of what's going on. And I'm not necessarily saying that that's my attempt in, in asking you the kind of questions that I'm asking. It's just, 
that's up to up for you to decide. I think I'm just trying to understand when we get in these situations with these women and our kids are being used as pawns and the judicial system is being weaponized in a way that doesn't put us in the best situation. It's easy for us to say, fuck that bitch. Not to say that anybody's saying that, but it's easy to say that. It's easy to say you, you lied to me, you betrayed me, you hurt my feelings or whatever the fuck it is. You ain't shit. But when you follow them motherfucking breadcrumbs back to that gingerbread house, I don't know if I'm adding <laughs> sales or not. You mixing them, dog. Like, <laughs> I feel like feel like there's an opportunity there um, as the individuals because even as we're doing this shit and having these conversations and talking about it's from the male side right it's from it's from it's from one side mm-hmm. of the story and I feel like what keeps the conversation clean and loving is reminding ourselves that these women also have a story and they also have pain and they also got breadcrumbs that they need to follow back and they also have parts of the story that they have to own and and be responsible for if they want to heal and, and, and create a better space for their kids but this is the only motherfucking side that we can control but here's here's where it's so many different things what you said was profound so many different things to unpack because, you know, we get held accountable. Men, we, we, we get held accountable for the things that we do wrong. And what often happens is that they don't get held accountable for what they are doing wrong. 100%. And we're talking about the churches, too. The churches are not holding these type of people. Because not all black women are not like this. You know, they're beautiful, wonderful, and amazing moms and, and wives that are doing an excellent job. But what happens is that, you know, these people are able to perpetrate like they are um, a good mom, a good wife, you know, because nobody's checking them. Nobody's questioning these things. Mm -hmm. So they're able to slip off into the darkness and continue to do these things. And what's happening is that the children are traumatized because they can just get away with it. They know they can get away with it. That's the thing. I know that I can get away with it. You're not going to catch me. Mm -hmm. I'm too slick. Yeah. Courts are going to help me. Yeah. The church is going to back me up. Yep. Yep. And my family is too. Yep. And yep. my friends. And there's a narrative that's sold, told both to them and by them that's, that will paint them as a victim. There are movies, countless movies, countless books, countless. It's, it's a narrative that everybody sort of believes. So even they do. Yeah. So they, in their mind, they don't possibly, they don't see what they're doing as they see themselves as, as a victim. So now they're moving in this way that, that we might see one way, but they don't see it that way. It, it's, and I can't quite put my, I, I say this, in these relationships, dog, these people, these women see the best of us and they also see the worst of us in these very intimate, close marriages, relationships, and vice versa. We see the best of them, and we see the worst of them. We don't necessarily see our worst in the same way that they see our worst, right? Mm-hmm. And vice versa. We don't see... That's a good point. They don't see our worst in the same way that we see our worst. We see our worst as 
whatever mistakes or whatever it is. Is that is that go did that, did that go to love is blind? I, I don't know if because it's not because it's even when it's all is. over and said and done and you everybody's moved on like in in situations, um, they're still dealing with that. There's trauma that they're dealing just like we do, mm-hmm. right? That they're dealing with that they haven't quite worked through. Their expression of that is 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 what you're dealing with is the courts and trying to retaliate and hurt and 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 all of that that's sort of how they deal with whatever they're going through how we deal with it is way different like sometimes we don't we just push the shit way down and we get into these conversations of fuck that bitch like you know what i'm saying but on the flip side of that too there's a lot of men who actually they go and get the help Absolutely, they're, they're, they're going to talk to the therapist. They're talking to the psychiatrist. Yeah, yeah. You know, because that's a that's a stigmatism or that's a stereotype on us is that we don't want to go to church, or whatever religious you know location we go yeah. to. We don't want to talk about things. We don't want to go to the therapist. Yeah. We don't want to go to a psychiatrist, psychologist. Yeah. Yeah. And there's so many of my brothers that say, you know what? I've scheduled it. I've went. They continue to go. Yeah. You know, it's it's men that are scheduling the therapy sessions with the the husband and the wife. Yeah, and you that, know what? we're, but you and know we're what? here. That's why we're here. Yeah, and you know what? But and that's a part of the creating new patterns. Yep. We don't say that shit. Right. Mm-hmm. We don't say, "Hey, yo, man, I'm going to go talk to somebody." Right. I'm struggling. I'm struggling. Right. Or we just go talk to somebody, mm-hmm. and then don't tell no motherfucking body, right. and then show up like. I'm the illest nigga on the planet. <laughs> and it's like, nah. But you know what? Society is doing that to us. Yeah. Society is doing that to us because here's the flip side of that. For the men that do get the courage to say something, for every time there's a man that's actually saying something, it's a church or a court system that's saying, man, you know what? Don't, don't, don't do that. That's not okay. You know what I mean? Or, you know, you, you'll be all right, man. You know. Suck it up. They'll ask for help, and then the church will say, you know what, man? Yeah. We, we can't help you. Yeah. Or so they'll say. You're asking for help, and then you're not getting the help. Right. You know, or the support. Right. So then you you go back into what you were taught already, which is, you know what? I shouldn't say anything about it. Right. Because you ask for help, and people, like, literally the people who are saying, hey, James, if you need help, give me a call. But then you call them, uh-huh. and you reach out to them, and, oh, man, I'm busy, or yeah, you know, I, I really can't help you. So, but what you, you just you just said when we was at church, yeah, you know, or you just said, you know, when we was at this gathering in front of everybody that you know, hey, you you can help me, <laughs> but when I call you directly and personally, you you you, it's a different story. Yeah, that's happening to a lot of people too. So then they circle back and say, well, you know what, I'm on my own with this, so I'm not going to ask anybody for help no more. Well, and I'm a medicated the way I know how to medicate it. Which is wild. So that's society's fault. That's not necessarily men's fault because there are more men asking for assistance. And when I say asking, I've asked several entities for assistance with what I was going through. And they was like, oh, man, it's not that serious. You know, he'll be okay, you know. You know. But, but I think, bro, you just saying, you just, even having the courage to ask for help doesn't mean you're going to get it. It just means... That you recognize you're, the problem. You're recognizing that you need, that there's a gap there. Mm-hmm. And maybe, and, and the acknowledgement or the recognition of it, what was the, the, the statement that you said? Uh, a well-defined well defined problem is half solved. Yeah. So that's a well-defined problem. 
by even raising your hand and saying, I need help. If I'm in this motherfucker and it's on fire (laughs) and I'm like, nah, I'm cool. Now, I can raise my hand and say, hey, man, can you give me some water? You might not have no water. No, but here, here, here's, let me get really clear. When there's a fire, who you going to call? The fire department. So the fire department shows up and says, well, shit, man, we normally got water. And we, we, you know, we, ain't, we, ain't, we ain't got no water, man. Actually, you know what? The fire truck is not even working. But you're, you're told to call the damn fire department. So, so when you call the, because that, that entity is designed to, to do what you think it's supposed to do which is come and put a fire out. But when I call the fire department and say, hey, man, you know what? We, we just, we, we, we can't do it today. You know, that's, that's a different I'll story opposed to saying, when you ask for help, you might not get it because you're asking for it. But if that, that entity is designed to, to, to specifically handle that situation, and when you call 911 and say, it's a fire in my house, and then they tell you that, man, you know what? Yeah, we, you know, we supposed to help, but we just, um, man. We got a checkers tournament to go to, and you know, <laughs> sorry. not gonna be able to do it. You say not chess, because them simple niggas, right? But <laughs> so, but I, I do. So, here's a part of the process that I feel we gotta acknowledge, which is we're not gonna be able to help everybody, and everybody that say they won't help don't really want help. They looking to be support. They looking to be uh, uh, taken care of. And that's not to say all dudes. So I want to make sure, or all people in general. And so, as men, we have to own all the parts of the process that we can control. All of them. The excuses, and you also have to own the excuses that you have made that led up to that point, and then figure out a way. I don't know what that is for everybody. And I'm also clear that everybody ain't going to figure it out. And I'm also clear that everybody ain't going to get supported and loved. But I do feel like the majority of the people who really, truly want that help will figure that out. And a part of starting, and, and, and I feel the, 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 the beginning parts of that is truly by owning it. We don't, we don't get to give up. Those days of blaming, not saying you're saying this, by the way, those days of blaming other things, other people, other institutions, white people, blah, 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 it's going to always be some shit that's going to block us from that blessing. It's going to always be some shit that's going to be a barrier to prevent us from what it is that we say we want. So like I was telling you before. I don't believe in those institutions anymore. I believe it's more so us blocking us. So... But we got to own that. So, so w- like when you said, if you want help, the universe is going to say prove it. Mm-hmm. It's going to say prove it. It's not going to say no, because it's designed to give us what we want. It's, it, it's, it's, that's, the, that's, the, that's God's promise, the universe's promise, for us to manifest this shit in our lives that we say we want. But when we say we want it, it says prove it. Improving it is by overcoming some of these objectives and by pushing through and by loving when we're not to when we when we feel like we shouldn't by forgiving motherfuckers when we want to cut their goddamn throat and all of this so, so other how shit. Does, how does that how does that pour into most black children um, live away from their fathers in in twenty twenty one? 
I feel most, I feel a lot of men, myself included, have made excuses for a gang of shit and have used a lot of reasons for why we aren't experiencing and sharing and showing up in the ways that we should. And we've got to change the conversations that we're having with ourselves so that we can overcome the shit to be what our kids and our community needs us to be. And so, if you not in your kid's life, Mr. Black man looking at this, that's your fault. That ain't no motherfucking body's fault, but yours. That ain't the mama's fault. That ain't the system's fault. That ain't no motherfucking body's fault, but yours. There, I get chills when I think about this shit. So, you will have obstacles because the universe says prove it. You'll have obstacles that you have to overcome. But that's, it, that's the same, that's life obstacles, overcoming. You just got to push through. You just got to show up. You just got to make that shit happen. I don't know, and what that looks like for each individual man is different, bro. It's, it's, it's not going to be the same. I got, I, got, I got people in my life who's getting screwed out of millions of dollars, bro, by a system. I got brothers who talking about they can't be in their kid's life because the mama tripping. I want to be like, your son needs you. Your daughter needs you. If you got to love that woman to healing, if you got to be something for her that she can't be for herself so that you can show up for your kids, put your motherfucking ego to the side. Put all of that shit to the side that controls your life, that prevents you from showing up to be the man you need to be for that kid. That means you got to put all the tough shit to the side. It means you got to put ego to the side. I ain't saying this shit easy, bro. I ain't saying none of this shit is easy. It's simple, but it ain't easy. <laughs> it ain't easy by any stretch of the imagination. But if you got a six-year-old over in that motherfucker with a wild-ass woman who can't see past her own pain and that's preventing you from seeing your child, what do you have to be in order to show up for that child without excluding that woman? Because that, that woman is that child too. A part of what we be talking about, we want to couple, separate and cut and, 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 and all of this old kind of shit, too. I don't know what the answer is, bro. But from a, from a, from a, from a higher level, higher learning type of, 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 of perspective. But we don't get to not show up. Our kids need us. And I don't know. Um, and this is obviously for people outside of this room, right? But. These excuses that we have been making, man, I don't know how you love somebody to who you don't feel deserves it. All I know is the Bible told me that God did that for me. And Amen. so, and so if somebody's out there trying to love me in spite of my motherfucking self, what greater example could I be in the world if I wasn't trying to love somebody in spite of themselves? Amen. That don't mean some, you gotta hang people, around with them. Some people don't know what love is i mean you, you're right with the responsibility of saying that you know we chose each other you know what i mean you chose your mate you chose to have sex with that person and and have a child but that doesn't give that person the right to rampage your whole entire life no. at all mm -hmm. and and that's what's happening 
everybody needs to have accountability partners. Mm -hmm. And if you're, if you don't have anybody holding you accountable, but you have the men being held accountable, mm -hmm. but that lady is not being held accountable by her community, then she's going to just rampage the whole entire and sabotage the entire situation. And that's happening on the level. So that's why I threw out that number. How, how is it that most black children now, that's the actual stat, live in single parent households that are not led by men? That's a problem. And I don't think, I think it's beyond men just, you know, we saying that they have to take responsibility and they got to own their shit. No, it's a, it's a force out here that's pulling families apart. It is so, an absolute force. One father, it's, a, it's an African uh, proverb. It says one father is equal to 100 teachers. So one we're father, asking the system to do... I was just thinking about this for a second. Just think about one father is equal to 100 teachers. Just think about that for a second. One father is equal to 100 teachers. So that means that a, a teacher... It would take it would take a hundred teachers to each to equal one father's words to his daughter or his son. And when you start to think about those things and say, well, why are so many fathers being pulled out of the picture? Well, you know, why are they being taken away? It, it 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 starts to leave beyond, you know, these ladies actually doing it. But is there a force behind that that's actually making that happen? They're a part of it, but it's way bigger than what we think it is. Because again, if one father is equal to 100 teachers and most black children are living in a household that's not led by a father, then you can start to figure out some things. Well, I mean, let, let's be clean about it. So that's a, that's a heavy stat and, and we all see it all the time. And again, we can't paint it all with one brush. Um, are there dudes out here who ain't doing what the fuck they supposed to do? Absolutely. Are there dudes out here who are lukewarm about doing what they supposed to do and just okay with being weekend dads and buying Jordans and all that shit? Yeah. Uh, are there dudes who are doing exactly what they're supposed to do and fight every, get up and fight every day to be a part and, and to play a part in their children's lives because they love them and they understand the importance that they, that they have. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Are there women on down that spectrum all the way to, are there women who weaponize a system that's there that can be used as a tool, like any other tool, right? You can take a hammer and build a house or you can bust a motherfucker in the head. It's just how you use the tool. They can weaponize that tool to, to intercede, to be a part of their emotional, how they deal with this uh, fractured relationship with themselves and with their mate. Yes, all those things are part of the story. None of them are, are the same, you know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, to James's point, if you understand what your value is, the, and, and, and if you believe that that, that that universe, as you move towards it, is going to move it towards you, we have to continue to move towards getting to these babies, man. And, and part of it is our own healing. Part of it is our own accountability, our own, you know, dealing with the shit. I don't think that we should have to enable 
people who are exhibiting bad behavior, right? Or we should uh, excuse or enable or kind of put that in the backseat and, and let them have this bad behavior because we're trying to navigate them. I feel like that there's, that it has to be a level of accountability. That yeah. you have to, but how do I do that? As a man, if I'm controlling, like we always say, if I'm setting the temperature in my environment, how am I going to convey to you, look, man, I don't want us to be like this, right? Mm-hmm. I don't want this bad thing between us. Whatever I'll do, whatever it takes, if we need to sit in therapy as separate individuals and work this through, whatever you need to know that I care about you, that I want for your happiness. But I need this boy. I need to be raising this boy. He needs me and I need him, right? Whatever that looks like, we need to get to there. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't necessarily mean what you're saying. I think both things are true. That doesn't mean that we have to enable these people to, to behave badly. So for me, I'm a news reporter. I'm CNN. I got I to gotta report what's, what's going on. Right. And it's, it's information that hasn't been illustrated Absolutely. before. So what's happening is that people automatically default to, well, it's not that bad, or you must have did something. Really? Do they really? Do you hear that? Like oh, people yeah. say, it's oh, not yeah. that it's, bad? It's not that bad. You must have did something. You know, you chose her. She chose you. And all of those things are off-putting. And what, what happens is that the children never get the assistance that they need. Because it's always, well, you need to do this, or you should do this, or you got to do this, and you got to do that. But this child is sitting here screaming for help. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and, you know, we go to court more, black folks go to court more than anybody else. You can go in any, I think Maryland has maybe 12 counties. And I challenge everybody, you know, you, even you all, to go and sit in some of these court buildings. And, you know, your time off, it, it, they're, they're public. So you can sit in most cases, you know, they may ask you, you know, hey, you know, are you here for, you? no, I'm just here to observe. And just sit in there and watch in predominantly white counties you're going to watch black people uh, be the, 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 the largest number of attendees in a court building. That's wild, because then if you say that, now I think about it, you're absolutely right, dog. You can go to counties that are sometimes 10% black, if that, and you go to any court, and it's going to be black people by and large in there. So that means that we're taking each other to court. And men don't want to go to court, I'm going to be honest with you. Most men don't file for divorce. Okay, that's not that's not what we do. You got most men trying to save the marriages. Agreed. They're trying to save the marriages. You got women exiting marriages. You got women. I mean, these are verbal accounts. I'm, I'm talking about five, six years now of of research that I've done. Yeah. You have women, men scheduling therapy appointments, trying to talk to the pastor, psychologists, psychiatrists, accountability partners, uh, elders in the community, elders in the family. You literally have the ladies, you know, usually it's the men walking out, or we don't want to go. It's the ladies actually walking out. You know, if you don't do this, then we're going to court. But also, uh, there's a, there, again, th- that accountability piece. There's a fracture that happens. There's, it could be an erosion that happens over time in these relationships, man. And who knows how all that works, how we get to that, right? So there's a, there's a process that we get to when, when somebody's talking about walking out. Right. And there's a. I don't know what happens in there. Like I said, people see the best of you and people see the worst of you and 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 vice versa. And and when all that shit comes out in the rents. 
I don't know what happens. I don't. We, we don't. But we talk get to about a it. point. We don't. And that, and that's what I mean when I say you're physically going somewhere to see these things, right? In the courts and hearing about it, and it, it's we we're not talking about it, and that's what I feel. That's a part of the lack of accountability that I'm tired of hearing men ain't shit. Mm-hmm. I, I'm tired of hearing that. Mm-hmm. I don't believe it's true. I believe ain't nobody shit. Every motherfucking body's equal when it comes to that kind of shit, right? But I'm tired of hearing this narrative that, ain't nobody, that, women, that men ain't shit. And the reason why that is is because of the stories and the narratives that are being, we're not talking about this shit. And it's one of the things that I appreciated about what you did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I got conversations with people. Ain't nobody talking about this shit. Everybody, but when I talk to the women, they talk about, oh, this dude, 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 dude. Brothers are struggling mm-hmm. in a way that they can't communicate mm-hmm. or don't feel like they com- can communicate, but it shows, so, and we, listen, real quick, we could never do the shit right. Like, we were struggling with shit that we had 20 years before we met these women mm-hmm. that we never dealt with, that trauma that we've been dealing with for that we never talk about. So we go into these situations where we're not quite right any damn way. So now it's just magnified. We can't hide behind anything because the shit is magnified because you're in this very intimate relationship. When you live with somebody, you sleep with them and wake up with them every single day, man, there's nothing that really that you can hide from them that won't eventually mm-hmm. come out, mm-hmm. right? And we don't know how to deal. We didn't know how to deal with it then. And, we, and, we, and so when, when, when it reaches the head, yes, that's what's recorded. Right. Mm-hmm. Not all the shit that led up to that. Right. And so... One of the reasons why I wanted to even, why I want to, I want to start having regular conversations with men about their, their challenges and their struggles in their relationships with women. I don't care if it's the mama, if it's the wife, if it's the boyfriend. I mean, what did I say? (laughs) So, listen. Because we don't have safe spaces for those kinds of conversations. Mm-hmm. And they only get elevated when we reach the fuck it stage. Right. And mm-hmm. I want to try to preempt that. I want, I want us to get comfortable and, fam- and I want us to be comfortable with sharing the things that we struggle with when it's lower level shit. So that it doesn't really get to the higher level stuff. And so that we can change the stories. So that we can start holding women accountable and more hold the, the broader community accountable earlier, mm-hmm. consistently, mm-hmm. as opposed to the tail end. If this motherfucker's calling you and you ignoring his call, you gotta have a community. The sister gotta have a community on her end. That says, hey, what's going on? You need to, before the shit blows up. But those kinds of things never, never make it. And so I do agree that there's a force, bro. I don't know how we communicate that to a kid on why we ain't showing up, though. 
is what I'm saying. And so I think we... But there's so many entities that are causing the father not to show up other than his own volition of not showing up. Like for me, you know, how... I, I've already proven that I show up. Right. I'm a custodial. In spite of. Yeah. Right. I'm already a custodial parent. In spite of. Of his older brother. Right. Right. That was presented in court. They know these things. So just that, that shows you how strong this force is (coughs) and this assignment. These, these judges got assignments. Okay. Because it's easy to say, you know what? (coughs) 50-50 automatic. But bro, you're talking about getting to court though. Right. but, But, but the law should be automatic 50-50 because I guarantee that most people are not filing any more court papers. If you notice an automatic 50-50, you will think twice about going to court because automatically everything's split down the middle. But if I know that if I, if I go and I file a false protective order and I'm going to get 80% of the time and you know you got to pay child support, why wouldn't I go to court? So I feel like if we got to court Something went wrong. Yeah, I feel like if we're at, I feel like if we're at a court conversation, then yeah, there are things that should have happened before should have that that could have could have could happen before. So so here's what happens: if most ladies that's in that predicament, they'll say, "We won't have to go to court if you only do what I tell you to do." I'm talking about even before that. But I mean that's that's taught. That's learned behavior. So and and when you can start going back to how many fathers have been removed out of the black community, talking about in our generation, the generation after ours and before ours, this is a common thing that's happening. And when you start to talk to most fathers, they'll say that they went to court, they tried. I mean, six or seven passes to try to be in the pic just to be in a picture. But but, but dog, what what would you have done if you if if the first I don't know how many I don't know how many trials you went to the first four times it ain't work would there be five six seven eight would you have done all that you would have to do to get there? You talking about in this particular situation? Any either one of your kids. I mean, I'm one of them dudes, man. I'm gonna keep going. So there's no difference between you and any other dude. Right, so we have again. No, you up. are they right. There stop. is there is they a stop. there is obstacles in sp- in place for whatever reason, for lots of reasons that keep us from that. And these, and sometimes the mother being one of those obstacles. But again, man, I, and I'm like you. I don't. Whatever I have to do, if I got to, if I got to dig under the courthouse to get to, I'm gonna do whatever the fuck I gotta do to get to my boys. I don't, and it don't so matter. For somebody to me. like me, that's a that's a researcher, an investigative reporter. When I start to sit in court and I see Caucasian fathers show up, if, I mean, they rarely are there. Yeah. Asians almost are almost never there. Yeah, you never see no. Yeah. But when you start to compare the cases, and there's some, you know, Caucasian fathers is getting the, the, the business too. Yeah. Okay. But not to the extent of what we're getting. You know, their cases are, are, are much different. I mean, I'm same judge. Go to the same jail. I mean, y'all have seen the side-by-side comparisons of criminals who want black person. I mean, how many people have gotten killed and, and white people walked away from the same situation? So there is an issue. Like you said, you know, how did they get to court? Why, why is it going to court? And that's because of, of some things that we're not addressing in the black community. 
we're not addressing it. The men are addressing it, but we're not addressing it as a community. And we got to put some of that on the church. So you think you think that you think that black men are addressing it. They've been trying to address it. So they've been so they what's been black men. You feel that black men have been trying to address the issues in their community. What do you think has been preventing them from um, addressing those things? There's a cover-up happening. There's a cover-up happening. Break that down. It's, I mean, literally, it's so many different cover-ups happening. Um, grandma knows that her, 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 her grandbaby is out here wilding, and she'll just cover it up. The courts, they know that these things are happening. I mean, dude, you can literally sit in on a court case and you'll see these things happen. It's gotten to the point that, I mean, you can go to PG County, though, where, I mean, some people still think that it's probably one of the worst counties, but it's one of the best counties for, for a black man to get custody in, in a Washington metropolitan area. Mm. To the point where you got ladies knowing that, you know what, they won't go to Prince George's County, or they try to avoid certain judges in Prince George's County because they know they're probably going to get 50-50 custody. So you said that black men are trying to address an issue in the community. Yeah. So you're, I'm asking because I don't believe that. Okay. And that's why we're, we got to go to court. Like I, I, I believe everything starts with the individual, with, with the, there are always be forces. So before you get to court, you meeting a girl at the club. <laughs> she got on ass popping. Your motherfucking ass can't control nothing and can't see nothing and been programmed to deal and respond to nothing but what you see. You could tell she off a little bit, but you don't give a fuck because of that ass. This is base level shit. Excuse my language. We ain't at court yet, right? What's going on? What's happening? You hook up. Y'all start dating. Whatever, whatever, whatever. We still ain't at court yet. You got another one on the side. You got another one over here. You got another one over there. We playing games. We doing this, blah, 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 blah. Woman already got two kids. Cause another dude met her in the club when she had the other dress on showing her ass and, 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 and told her all of this shit. Right. So we still ain't at court yet. There's a force that is dominating that interaction, I feel, before we get into any of that old other shit. You know what that is? You forgot a whole a whole different Yeah, you forgot a whole area. Those two people that you talk about that met each other, their fathers got jacked by the court in the seventies. So they already they're, they're broken entities trying to work with each other and get together. So the court got to them through their daddies. Okay, 
So we, 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 you're talking about the father has been stolen for 50, 60, 70, 80 years. So now, you know, it's getting worse. That's why we got to say something because it's more and more black children who are growing up in single-parent-led households, and it's not the father. But at so what it's, point, getting, it's getting worse. So at what point, though, knowing that, right, are we responsible for our own, like, how we move? Like, understanding that, you know, we all got shit with us. We all got shit that we have dealt with and have yet to deal with. Um, but at some point, we got to say, we got to take responsibility for how we interact and the shit that we, to his point, before we get to the point where we need to go to court, right? To avoid... I don't even know if a void is even possible, but... But we're starting... Y'all seen that video where they uh, gave people head starts? It was like a 100-yard dash. Yeah, where they had and people And the black line. people had to sit at the... Everybody started out, and it was like, you know, you know, take five steps forward, you know, if you had this, and five mm-hmm. steps forward if you had that. And by the time they got finished, you know, telling everybody to take whatever steps they needed, mm-hmm. most of the white people were at the finish line, and the black people had to start from the beginning and try to catch up and pass the people who are already close to the finish line. So we're starting out with deficiencies, and then we're being asked to be able to do what they're doing. So we're starting out with different deficiencies. Everybody starts, with a, starts off with a deficiency. That thing was, we're, we're, we're starting off with different deficiencies, but we're also starting off with some motherfucking attributes, with some cold-blooded shit that ain't nobody else got that doesn't necessarily get measured. And, and a part of us owning our shit is owning what our metrics are as men, as what, again, these forces are there. It's like gravity. We don't get to not live with gravity on Earth, right? Mm-hmm. So we don't, we don't get to not live with resistance. We get to, we get to determine how we perceive our resistance, how we respond to the resistance and what we do to overcome it and how we help other people, you know, overcome the shit. But the idea that we're going to like live in um, zero, zero G gravity moving forward, that, that, that just, that just ain't going to be what it is. So. But our, our babies are not getting what they supposed to have in their formative years. And if you don't get what you're supposed to have in your formative years, you got a lot of shit that you're about to encounter. So how do we, so, so how do we give our babies, if you know that right now at this very second, what will keep you from giving that to your baby? What will keep me personally? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's going to be, well, you want to give that to your child and you have a plan in place to be able to convey those things and deliver that to your child. But here come the forces. And I don't think anybody wants to sign up for a divorce or wants to be a, um, you know, non-custodial dad, meaning you don't have physical custody of your children and you're going to have to raise your kids from a different household right. or see your children every other weekend or whatever your visitation schedule is that judges that never met your kid give you. Yeah. Um, we all have intentions to, to work it out. Again, like I said before, most men don't want a divorce or they don't want to not be under the same roof. That's a, that's a false narrative. But most dudes are done, I'm giving up, they're walking out, they're gone. That's not true. It's, it's most women that are exiting, that's a fact, that's a stat. 
I mean, you can look at the numbers. It's, no, it, it's, it's, it's a, there. I think it's about 80%. So the thing is, is that if you're trying to administer these values to your children in the formative years, zero to 12, but there's things that are pulling you apart beyond your control, the community has to recognize that that's a problem and come in and say that that needs to be corrected because if we have so many children who are not getting these these essentials in their formative years, and then those people are being asked to now be fathers and mothers. I mean, we, 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 we're going to have a serious problem over and over again. It's getting worse. We have to protect these children. We can't keep saying, I mean, you hear people say, you know, black women are the most disrespected and unprotected entity here in the United States of America. Then you got black men that say, nah, it's, it's, it's us. But I rarely hear people say it's the children, you know what I'm saying? And say that, you know what, we all Same have point. to work with each other Same to point. save these babies because if they don't, if we don't build these strong children, then we're going to have a hell of a damn situation. And that's what we're experiencing now. We keep coming up with these excuses as to somebody need to own this and men need to do this and, you know, all of these different things. But, you know, the whole time the children need guidance from the father and the mother, and there's forces and there's protection to keep these women and the ladies okay, but there's not many entities to keep these men and the fathers okay. So who would keep the, who's, who's, whose responsibility is it to hold the women accountable? Their family, the church. I mean, but if they're dead, if they're dead, if their father, if if their father, fatherlessness in the black community is a huge situation. And a lot of these people, you have to be able to listen. We all got somebody that you, that you listen to coming up, somebody that you can call to, uh, and get advice from somebody that can calm you down, you know, like James, you know, Hey man, you need to do this. And somebody that you respect and you listen to. And when you start to look at these people who are in court and who are not, you know, just really just doing the most of not trying to work with the other parent to raise the child. You, you're going to find somebody who probably didn't come up with their dad. The father is equal to 100 teachers. And we discount, I mean, I think we'd say we know how powerful a man is, but we don't understand how essential it is for children to be in the presence, a continual presence of their father. I and didn't grow up with my dad. Did you? I mean, no, you did. Did you grow up with your dad? My, we got a, my mother and father got a divorce when I was uh, 12 years old. Okay. But after that, I still, you know, spent time, you know, with, with my dad. Yeah. But so, he wasn't in the house. And there's some big things that I miss as a result of him not being in the house and not showing me and teaching me things. I made some critical errors as a result of him not being in the house. So you said women should be held because I'm trying to think about. I try to figure out like in my mind when I'm trying to solve a problem, like what parts of it can I control? And as I'm thinking about you saying with the women, I'm trying to think about if a woman is. So the woman's community should hold the women accountable and the men's community should hold the men accountable. It's the same community. 
we're in the, we're in the same community, but there are people who are not being held accountable for what they're doing, and the church is not holding certain ladies accountable, so and the families don't even know. I mean, you got people who are just everybody is not getting it. So you got the whole entire family thinking that that's okay. That's normal pattern behavior. And they continue to think that this, these things are okay. But then you start to look at the family and say, where well, there's no men in the family. Where are the patriarchs? Where's the, where's the fathers? Where's the men in those families? So you think that church still has an important role in the, in the, in the black family moving forward? With, with, with church attendance going down, people not going to church, people considering themselves, your statistic, guys. Church attendance is a business. It's, a, it's booming. Business is booming. But people consider church. themselves more spiritual and less religious now more than ever, Some right? Some people. But people well, well, from a statistic church. standpoint, yeah. like the, the, the number of religion, like that number is going down from an identification. Uh, I mean, you, I could you, be wrong. You look at Joel Osteen in the Potter's House and the rest of these different entities. They're packed, man. People going to church on a continual basis, man. Tithing and offering is is is, is good, man. These 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 ministers are living good. So you, the black so church makes every every weekend. I think collectively the black church is pulling in about twenty million dollars a weekend. Collectively, that's eighty million dollars a month. That's a lot and of money. The, and the 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 crux, I mean. You know, let's let's be real. It, at this point, it's built on the backs of black women. These churches are, if you go to any church, it is, any large church, it's a lot of black women in there. And they're not going to ruffle the feathers of... Your number one customer. Exactly. Call <laughs> it what it is. The person who comes and who, who's paying your bills. And, and that to that point... Can they help hold them accountable? Can the black church say, hey, uh, you wildin'? And them receive that in a way that'll, that'll help them? Or would they just be like, I'm just going to go find me a church that's going to tell me what I want to hear? You just said it. That's what they're going to do. Because I think leave. the new religion is social media, bro. I think all of the new, all of this empowerment stuff, this individualism, this association with me and I don't need a man. That's an output of, like what we're saying now, I feel is an output of all of that. And so even going to the church and telling the church the force that you're talking about, that the, that, that, that's, excuse me, pushing down on everything, is pushing down on these women saying that they don't need a man. It's pushing down on them saying, you can leave. Girl, you making that money. You can do whatever it is that you You don't need him. You can get by without him. Just go and file for divorce and get full custody. You'll be cool. Yeah, and I mean, it's a, not a lot of narratives that push down on. I think it's pushing down on all of us. But there's also a narrative of, you know, he should be paying. There's a narrative of, you know, he ain't shit. Get him for everything he, you know what I'm saying? He hurt your feelings. So now you got to spend the next 20 years at war with him, right? You're, my baby daddy ain't shit, and he ain't paying. I mean, it's, it's a whole, and it's vice versa. There is my baby mama ain't, she don't, you know what I'm saying? There's a lot she of a narratives. Ho, she out here. It's a lot of narratives being pushed down on us, dog. And accountability 
is something that, like you said, it has to come in order for you to receive accountability it has to come from someone you you respect and trust. Who do we really respect and trust? Yeah, so if you don't have nobody Rihanna. that you <laughs> <laughs> fucking Beyonce. Yeah. Beyonce. But, if, but look, know? if you don't if you don't have anybody that can that can um center you. Right. If you don't have anybody that can center you and say, you know what, Bobby, James, life, you wrong. Right. And then you listen to them and say, you know what? I didn't see it that way, but right. since you telling me, I'm wild. And I trust what you say because, you know, you've been around me for a while. And I respect you. I'm gonna go ahead and listen <laughs> to what you're saying. That ain't how that go. Huh? But, <laughs> but, but do I you mean, have do you have somebody that if they say James, that's fucked up, man? I don't. Now ask the question. Do you have somebody that if they say James, I observed the situation and you're wrong, James, and you're gonna take what they said for face value? No. <laughs> so it, it, zero people. This is what this podcast this is a part of what it's about. Okay. When I am triggered, I reject that shit at that moment. I have to think about it. Most of my shit, I do real good at hiding and covering up. Mm -hmm. So when somebody, I had a woman tell me one time, you just like your mom. I want to say, bitch, I wanted to go off on her, right? Mm -hmm. Because she struck a nerve. Mm -hmm. The shit that I, now if you told me some surface shit that I saw, like, hey man, your dishes are dirty. They'd be like, okay. Mm -hmm. But if somebody said, You don't wipe your ass good because you got shit streaks. That's a little bit more personal. Okay. I, have to, right. I have to act like I, you know what I'm saying? Right, like right, right. the more embarrassing it is, the more, the, the more closer it is to a real pain. That's the kind of shit that, that I reject. You just telling me some surface shit. So, so you saying you don't listen to nobody? No. I'm, what I'm saying is, they're generally met with resistance up front. Mm -hmm. Right, yeah. And so, and it's taken me to 45 years old to just be open and okay with that kind of shit. When I'm 30, you can't tell me shit at 30. So a, a part of, yeah, I'll just stop there. So, so but, but, but it's I got not- But I got a son though. So I'm, a, I'm talking about my nine-year-old son now. And the time that him and I have spent together, this is because I got a chance to be you know, in his first six years, I'm in his life on a continual basis. We got such a good relationship that he does listen to me. And he does ask my advice and he actually does it. So that's what I'm trying to say, that that togetherness and spending that time in their formative years is going to, God is going to give all of us somebody that is going to be able to tell us something and we actually hear it and we actually do it, which is going to save us in our 20s and 30s or sometimes make us have to get into our 40s and 50s and say, well, shit, I just got it. Whereas counterparts of ours, they got it at five and seven. Little Asian boys is doing the damn uh, cash registers and stuff in the Chinese carryouts. They got these things in informative years where our kids are going to, you know, to get financial or business acumen, we got to go to college and we got to read all these periodicals and it takes us 30, 45 to figure out that we need to start investing. We're being shortchanged by pulling the father out of the situation, and and we're 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 just figuring things out in our late thirties and early forties, 
And that's a problem because by the time you get to 40, 35, you live half your life. Most of your life is, most, half of your life is done at 30, between 35 and 40 years old. And there are other races that are, that, are, that are getting these things at 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, and 14 years old. And that is a huge problem, man. That's a huge problem for us, and we're losing big yeah. time as a result of that. So we should have somebody that we, that we listen to when we are at a crossroad. And that's a, so that's a blessing, right? Not everybody is starting from the same point, just even in the same. So we meet women who don't have nobody and don't give a fuck because of the way they look or the way they do what it is that they do or whatever the case may be, right? So how long did it take us to figure out to walk, walk away from those women? Shit. <laughs> so, so, so here's, so when we... Now I want to hear a number. Did y'all say shit? Is shit a number? Oh, what's the number? Point. Yeah, it's a number. It's never. I mean, we, bro. But are you are you different from what you were at 21, 22? Oh, hell yeah. No yeah. doubt. No yeah. doubt. So you've learned some things that say, you know what? I see that shit before. You know what? You know, yeah, I've heard that before. Yeah. Nah, yeah. you know what? All right. I can you can you could almost you may still get caught, but you not as silly as you used to be. Right. 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 So right. you learn some things as a result of your experience. Right. But I got to be, I'm, I got to be real. And I understand what you're saying about the forces and, the, and, and everything that's going on. I, I think I'm at a different place when I think about where we are as black people and where our relationships are and, and how we show up as men and all of that kind of shit. I think this shit is beautiful, bro. I think that we are beautiful people. I think that whatever racism or whatever force it is that we have on our lives, if we would be if we were white, it'd be a different kind of force. It would have the same kind of challenges. It'd have this different it just it would just be with a different lens. And so when I look over the landscape of black people, I see beautiful people doing a lot of shit right, doing a lot of shit wrong, figuring it out, fumbling scoring touchdowns, the whole nine yards, the whole landscape. But I think that about humanity. So I don't, I struggle sometimes with trying to repeat, repeat a narrative that we're fucked as black people because I don't believe that. I believe everybody's fucked. You might not know you're fucked, but you're fucked. <laughs> we all got an asteroid hitting Earth. I don't give a fuck if you got a million dollars in a bank or 30,000. When the asteroid hit, so that's my equalizer from, for, for seeing like the landscape and the conditions of people and stuff like that. So when we talk about these challenges that we have and where we are and the courts and and, and black people and the family and kids and stuff. 
I don't know how I look at a little boy who's six years old and be like, you're perfect, you're fine, you can do anything, you're great. And then at the same time say, oh, you got all these things and we're at a deficit and we're behind and all of this kind of stuff. So what I generally like to, so right now today in 2021, I know that black men are struggling. I know that black women are struggling. I know that a way in which we try to tell our stories traditionally has been with black men keeping our shit behind us or behind the scenes and just suffering. I don't want us to suffer in silence anymore. I don't want us to have these conversations or, or you know, behind the scenes. I want us to get comfortable being who we are. And who we are are people who struggle, who persevere, who make mistakes, who get shit right, who fumble, who score touchdowns, all of that old other shit. And we do it in spite of, and we do that shit with swag, and we do that shit with love, and we do it with a smile on our face, with our heads held high. And so, but we got to do it. And whatever story that I'm telling myself about the stuff on the back end is just a story that I can use to do it. Mm -hmm. I just don't like seeing us not do it. And I see too many. So I can talk about the force. And the force is real. But I also got to talk about the motherfucker who I see just not doing it. Right. Because if we can do it, anybody can do it. And I'll, but that means, and I'm not rambling, but I also want to tell the dude, even if you don't want to do it, man, hey, look, I, I used to not want to do it. So I can't, I, ain't, I didn't wake up like this. I, didn't, I, I ain't 40, I ain't always had this mentality and this perspective. Mm -hmm. So if you are me at my 25, at my 30, I got to love you at that period. I got to love you through that and be an example so that you at least know what that shit looks like when you get to that point to when you actually decide to do it. But I can't beat you up because we ain't, we, none of us showed up like this. That 25 year old who saw that ass in the club, hey, that's what happens. But going back to the video, and you can clearly see uh, an unstable woman orchestrating a situation, dropping her child off calling the sheriffs to come there to pick the same child up three minutes later. That's illustrating to you that there are people who are creating situations to pull children away from their fathers. Absolutely. If you, if, if you ever, or if you never saw it before, that video shows a whole lot. And there's an email that's attached to it. So somebody said, well, she could not have just called you to drop the kid off. I have an email. You know, I guess everybody doesn't know that I'm an investigative reporter and I collect data all day, every day. But, but there's a, there's, there's a, if you never could see the force or see this thing that's pulling children away from their fathers, it's, it's right there. She literally put together a situation where she used her son as bait, our son as bait knowing that he was going to get taken, you put him in a traumatic situation. Everybody would sit there and watch that video and say, well, shit, just don't bring him. 
Why would you even bring them? Don't drop them all. You already got them. I mean, there's a gang of shit you would you be like, don't do. But right. you already got him. Yeah. You don't need to drop them off. But do you think that that's a... For you, you're not, and, and just based on our conversations, that's not going to stop you from, from doing what you need to do for your, for your baby. That traumatized him. But I'm talking about you. That's, that's not, not going to stop that's you. Not and that's even stop. more of the reason why yeah, that's but, not going to stop but, you. But that traumatized him. Right. From, yeah. that, from that happening. See, yeah. this is what I'm saying, accountability. The community saying, you know what, that's that's that that that's not going to happen. That shouldn't happen. And I've said something, you know, prior to this, is saying, hey man, she's capable of doing these things. Now she can't be capable of doing that. Shit. Yes, she is. That's the problem. People don't want to face this situation head on and say that these are monsters. Some black moms are monsters. Why can't we say that? Why can't we say, I mean, you say that shit sometimes. People are like, oh my goodness, I can't, you're bashing black women. So what happens is that the children never get the help that they need because I guess all black moms are great. And I don't believe that. And I believe that there, again, there's some excellent, a lot of excellent black mothers doing their thing. But how is it that the dudes get that smoke? We get it for the simple shit. Yeah. But they get a chance to, to, to not get reprimanded at all. I mean, what job do you work at with nobody, you know, that you, you can just keep messing up and you, didn't, you don't get reprimanded, you get a chance to keep your job? So what does that look like? So <clears throat> what, what from, from your standpoint, I don't even know, let's say that was you as a dude. Let's say, let's say you were her as a, and, and I watched you do that. Mm -hmm. I'd be like, God damn, that's crazy. And she was you saying what you were saying. What does her being reprimanded by the community? What I guess what I'm trying to understand well, I, if, is if, that, if you switch that, I don't think anybody's talking to me. I'm gonna get some motherfuckers and text messages. Nobody's gonna want to talk to me. You I will probably get shunned by the whole entire community if I got caught on camera doing that. So that would be her. That would be her accountability. So if people were hitting her up saying, "Girl, what the fuck are you doing? You tripping?" and having a meeting with her and doing all of that kind of shit. Would, would that be accountability? Would that be a, 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 a portion of accountability as That's it relates a portion to that? Of it, yeah. I mean, shoot, we, we, we had the call on, what was that, two days ago for Julius Jones. They call, they email, right? They, they, they got in with Governor Stitt and said, look, man, this dude is innocent, you know, or he didn't commit that crime. He shouldn't get killed today. So, you know, people reached out and said, hey, man, that is not right. You're going to have to do something about this. That's, that's what happened. But a lot of people are not getting those phone calls or those text messages saying, hey, man, that's not right. You know, you got to stop. That's not cool. Mm. So, you know, wh why are they not getting corrected? And if you don't get correct, look, if we didn't call Governor Stitt a couple of days ago, then Julius Jones would have been killed. It was the heat of the phone calls. People call. But what, do you think that... Do you think that correction for her would have corrected? Yeah, it's nobody telling her. I don't believe that most people get, get, get told that, you know, hey, that's incorrect, that's wrong. I, I, I believe... I, I agree with what you're saying, bro, because I, that's, a, that's a part of... And I'm sorry, man, to cut you off. Uh, you 
I don't, I feel like that, dog. Every, how do I say this? Women can't do wrong, bro. Unless the wrong is so goddamn blatant and clear that it's almost, you got to be something real, real on the far end of fucked up in order to be called out. But in the normal motion of life and moving shit around, I don't feel like a woman, I, feel, I don't feel like you could talk about a woman's weight. I don't feel like you can be honest about her her thoughts about like uh, uh, domestic cooking duties or just even having an opinion about anything that, what they wear, everything a woman does is fine. And the minute you try to call them out for that, you being anti-woman or whatever the motherfucking case well, be. There's two things. So there's, there's having an opinion about something, but then there's also pointing out a behavior, right? And if, 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 a, if a woman has someone in her life that would say to her, hey, that ain't cool what you did. Like, what are you, what are you doing? And I'm, I could almost say with a little bit of certainty that there's somebody in that woman's life that says, nah, that when they tell a story to, they'll be like, nah, that's not. And then she'll be like, nah, fuck me. She don't want to hear that. You know what I'm saying? She'll only side with people who are sort of in agreement with her and let her sort of go down this path. In a previous relationship I was in, bro, my ex had a plan to do something. And she literally called all of her best friends and told them what the plan was. And all of her best friends agreed to go through with the plan. Wow. Nobody said, that's wild as a motherfucker, and I'm not participating in that shit. But you know why, though? I'm talking about five, six people mm -hmm. participated. Nobody said, that's crazy. Now, she might have had a reason in her head, but the accountability shit, bro. Well, here's the thing, though. I mean, if, 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 because, you know, friends, you know, when, when you're close to someone, you're supposed to represent the entire marriage. So if you get married and I'm a part of your inner circle, I'm in that wedding or I'm around you, I represent your marriage. I don't represent James. I represent James and your wife, both of you all. So if somebody calls me and, you, and, 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 and you're about to pull some crazy stuff, you know what I mean, or whatever, then I should be able to talk to you and your wife if mm -hmm. I'm not close to you. I shouldn't just listen to what you're saying. I should, I should be able to call and say, hey, you know, what's going on with you all? Or either, I mean, because you know, a lot of black folks are supposed to what? Stay out of it. That, yeah, that, I, that was just what I was getting ready to say. <clears throat> yeah, business. but you know what? If, if, if most of, of, of your friends become your damn counselors, then why not educate yourself on how to be able to help people win their marriage? So, and that, Why not educate yourself? Because we are people's counselors, because some people don't want to go to counselors. So what we do, we call our best friends, or maybe a brother or a sister, somebody in our community that we're going to have a conversation with. So again, if you're experiencing some issues, why wouldn't I call and talk to your wife about that and say, if we, if we tight like that? Because then I'm gonna get a different side of the story and then she may be to tell me something that you may be missing. And then I can say, well, hey, you know what? I was about to help James make this stupid ass move. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I talked to her and now I know that, you know what? I got a whole different perspective of the situation. So now I need to talk to my brother James and say, you know what, hey dog, 
nah, man, you know, you should you shouldn't do that. But how is it that everybody that we come up with, how, how do we always pick sides of people that we're related to and the people that we went to college with or that we come with? Why is it that sometimes a sister says, you know what, my brother's dumb. His ass did the wrong thing, and I'm actually siding with my sister-in-law. It's never that way. It's always it's your mom is going with you, your dad is rolling with you, your auntie mm-hmm. and your girls and your homeboys. They always rolling with you. Why is it everything just split down the line between blood and lifelong friends? It always split down the middle every time. My father used to say, most people want an action, but what they need <clears throat> is a process. Mm. And everything that we're talking about to shift the culture, to shift the trajectory of our people is about implementing processes, man. Like, which is a, which, it, which is a combination of actions. So, and I feel like as we're talking to get our babies into the right, on the right path, because that's yes. what I feel like it's ultimately about, the yep. babies, yep. right? Yep. Yeah. We gotta implement new processes. We got a gang of shit that we need to do as people. Men and women. Mm-hmm. And the marriage is one of those shits too. And how we see it and how like this this concept of like love and this which is a which is a European, you know, uh um uh, renaissance like the way we get married and the metrics that we use and all that shit ain't always been like that right back in you know th- this is some relatively new shit i was it, at a wedding one time man and the, the pastor we was in the wedding um groomsman you know up in philadelphia and the pastor when we was up at the altar the pastor said that everybody that's you know in this wedding party is responsible for their marriage. Yep. I ain't never heard that before. Mm-hmm. Heard I was that like, too. what the hell is this, man? I mean, I, I wish he would have told me before because yeah, I might not have took this tux. Yeah. Right? Because I didn't know that that was going to put that, that responsibility was going to be on me. Mm-hmm. And I'd never heard, I mean, I've been in, you know, a good amount of weddings, but that was my first time hearing that. But when he said that, it actually convicted me and moved me to action. I felt like it was my duty and allegiance. Yeah. When he said that, he said that if you all, if they thought enough of you to put you in their wedding party, uh-huh. then you're going to have to protect their marriage. Not your boy's marriage. Their, yeah. Their marriage. And, you know, just with that alone, that, that, that put me into a mindset to where, you know, I actually did it. You know, I took that to heart. And he kind of commissioned me, you know, and put that on us. And that's what I'm saying, you know, being able to educate people on the right thing to do, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a part that we need to work on too. We're not educated on how to, uh, you know, deal with the problem when it actually happens. But Hey, he told me, he told me, well, he told us that and we moved into that fashion. They're still married you know, today. They got issues. How long ago? Yeah. How long ago? That was, that was, um, 18 years ago. Oh, wow. And they're still married. Yeah. And we've had to go. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But, you and know, they I've, shouldn't and be I've ashamed always, of that. And I've that, always represented, you know, my, my homeboy and my homegirl. 
Yeah. And there's been times where his ass was tripping. We was like, dude, it's your ass, man. Yeah. And you need somebody like that, you know yep. what I'm saying? Because, you know, like you said, you're going to want to do what the hell you want to do. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But it's going to have to be us to say, no, nah, you shouldn't do that shit. Yeah. And you may still try it, but then, you know, we, you may value me enough to say, well, dog, you can't come over here with that shit, man. Right. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you got dudes wilding out, girls wilding out. So if you want to have a little friend, homegirls, you trying to step out on your husband, you're not bringing this dude over here. Or yeah. we ain't going on vacation to yeah. Cancun and shit, yeah. and you flying this dude down. Yeah. You know, yeah. we're, we're not, we're not going to do that. that. That's the type of accountability that people need to have. And I do believe that women, those type of women, will step in line if they got people saying that is not acceptable. And no, I'm not just going to, because you can't just stop it. I told, well, I told her no. Yeah. And yeah. then leave it at that. Yeah. So is dudes fucking around acceptable in the dude and so are dudes messing around? Pre marriage. So say say for instance, pre marriage, right? Okay. You got a homeboy. Your homeboy got a man. You know he got a man. You cool with the man. You know the man. But you also know your homeboy got a couple side things popping here and there. What do we, what would we generally do as dudes when it come to that situation? Ain't no marriage, but mm-hmm. it's just man. What do we do as, as the homeboys from an accountability standpoint? And how often are we holding brothers accountable in those spaces, in those situations? I mean, well, you got some dudes going to say, dude, you got a good one right there. What the hell are you doing? Yeah. What the fuck yeah. is he doing? And it's a maturity thing. Like, you know, I'm pretty sure the approach is different at 20. Than it was at thirty five. Like, yeah. well, like when that conversation would happen, like what what what's happening, dog? What, what's going on? But then that goes back to everything goes back to the father. And y'all gonna notice that about me, man. It's what you're taught. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So if your daddy didn't show you that, then that's you, you may think that's okay. I mean shit, a lot of people are raised by B E T. But now you know but saying? now you so, know. Now you know, but that's what I'm that's what I was going back to earlier, is that now we shit, we we shouldn't be discovering shit at thirty seven, forty five. We should have got him when we was 11. But we are, though. I mean, so, and that's a part of but the that's acceptance. But prob- that's a I, problem, though. That's the problem of the father being yanked out of the house, and that's why it's so essential that we make sure, come hella hot water, that these babies got their fathers in their life so they don't have to spend 20, 30 years of, I fucked up, to figure it out at 42, 43, 45, 50. You got some 50-year-olds that know what the hell's going on. Maybe I'm And missing. you can trace it right back to, where's your daddy? So, I mean, both things are true, dog. I, I just both things are true. So, yeah, that is a fact that these are these are circumstances that we deal with. But at some point, you gotta say, "Hey, man." So, if I'm 45 and my dad ain't in my life, and my dad wasn't in my life, so my dad wasn't in my life, right? And I'm 45, I shouldn't have had to deal with it, but I did. Now, what do I do? Exactly. I know that to be a fact. Let me rephrase that. I don't believe that. Let me take that back. I just said something that ain't true. I'm good. I can't, I can't map out any other trajectory on what my life would have been if anything was saved. And I also would be, if anything had been changed. And I also would be challenging the, the wisdom of the universe. That doesn't mean that I don't work to, to make, to improve things better moving forward. But it's, it, I spent too much time trying to say that I wasn't shit and my life wasn't right and I fucked up and I wasn't good enough and I was far behind for me to keep that going. So 
I think both of those things can exist at the same time. I think I just wanted to make sure that I was clear about what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. So my dad wasn't in my life. I got the mom that I got. I spent 30 years, 40 years of my life defaulting to that and using that for whatever reason as a crutch to not get past that, <coughs> to do that other shit that I know that I needed to do. Mm -hmm. And the minute I took responsibility and said that I'm changing this, I changed it. And so <coughs> I don't know how we got somebody right now looking at this whose dad wasn't in their life, who got five side chicks and a main girl who been standing by his side. And he getting ready to go smash one of them side chicks and get one of them <coughs> pregnant. And this good woman that he got is going to leave his goofy ass because of that. Right? I want to tell that brother he can figure that shit out. The fact mm -hmm. you didn't have the same mom, the right mom, the right dad, or the whole the, the fact that the stars weren't aligned perfectly. But, but how, for how, you how, to old be how old is he? How old is he? 35. 35 years old. And let me let me let me take that number from you and say that we got a a, a a young man that's my son's age. And all three of us take my son at nine years old and teach him the things that that we now know. Do you think it should take him 30 years? Can't to figure out. I can't say, bro. But yeah, do you, but say. do you think that do you think that with the access to knowledge that we have now, and we gave that to a nine year old, do you think it would take him to getting to our age to figure it out? <laughs> so I mean, so, 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 so life, life had it, life had his dad, bro. Mm -hmm. It's some people's path, yeah, to get to there, and some people mm -hmm. have to go through those lumps and bumps and bruises and knots to get to where they need to get to. I mean, it's not an absolute, but I'm just saying, do you think it's more likely? That, you know, with the person having access to information opposed to the person who doesn't have those things in place, what is the percentage of the person? I think prevailing? it's everybody should have their parents in their life, bro. Right. 100%. Right. 100%. But it just, I. It's not the cards sometimes. Sometimes it ain't the cards. It wasn't my cards. Mm hmm. And even if sometimes when you got the motherfucker in their life, bro, they wild, wild. That's true. That's and so true. <laughs> you you know what I'm saying? You're and right. then you still right. wake up and be ill like me. So and, and be a contributor, be a supporter, be a lover, be a human being that just shows up and be, you know, I like I, I never would have imagined that I would be who I am today. But now in hindsight, what I what I can tell somebody else, and I let me take a step back, bro. I get that you focused on your son. That should be 100% your focus. And you doing everything you can to align and you working to make sure men can be in other kids, men's other, other uh, men can be in their parents' lives. So I appreciate you speaking to those men. I sometimes speak more to the 25 year old or the 30 year old because those were my toughest times mm -hmm. that I can remember yeah. and I just so happened and I had no kids right I got mm -hmm. lucky through the through the process so thinking about that 25 or that 30 year old who got a two-year-old or who on the right track and who making a bunch of excuses for 
because his dad wasn't in his life or because, you know, he didn't have a mom that he wanted to have or whatever the case may be. That, you know, that excuse. At some point in time, you got to choose something different, brother. And the minute you decide to choose it, it's there. And so I think we're, because that that nine-year-old needs you, but that 25-year-old and that 30-year-old, all men need one another. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah, do you I know agree. what I'm saying? I just I think agree. we use different language sometimes mm-hmm. to, to to connect. Yeah, yeah we need now. That's 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 important and yeah. that's real. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Because that's a you know you talking about twenties and thirty somethings is you still figuring stuff out. Yeah, yeah. you still figuring a lot out. You know yeah. what I'm saying? 40. So yeah, and they don't say that sometimes. You know they expect you know sometimes you know and that's that's a, you know most black people go to church. So I must be about the church, and you know you have this perception that you know they a 65 year old got it together. <laughs> you know, I mean, my life is good instead of him, you know, that 65 year old pulling us to the side, but they do. They got some of the same damn problems that you got when you're 40 yeah. years old, but we don't think yeah. that or 35. Yeah. Nah. And so you're like, man, you know, I want to be like those guys. Yeah. You know what I mean? But those guys are not telling you the damn truth about they got some fuck shit going on in their marriage right yeah. now. Yeah. yeah. Even though they've been married for 45 years, because you yeah. assume because I've been married to her for 40 years, we got it right now. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's as we transparency, people not telling the truth, man. Yeah. As we kind of try to wrap this up a lot of times man church and there's a lot of you know church is supposed to be for people churches church people want to act like church people like they got it all together that's part of the stigma of why churches are 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 how they are Mm -hmm. right and not understanding that you know that the re part of the reason why you're here is because you're struggling Part of the reason why it's a hospital for you to get better. It's not for perfect people to come and be perfect and tell other people that they're not perfect, right? And that's part of the the broader conversation about a lot of this. A lot of our society is that there's a come there's a there's a perception that is good, like social media. Everybody's perfect, mm. and churches everybody's perfect. But mm. church man is where people come and when they're struggling is to to. To identify with the 65-year-old dude so he can say, hey man, I done been there. Come in, let me coach you. Let me let me tell you what I where I was, what happened to me, and let me and let me and let's talk about it. Right? But that that's not because they don't want to say that they were out here wilding. You know what I'm saying? That'll make them look not like a deacon. That makes them look like tell the truth. Hey man, life speaking. You know what I'm saying? But it's tough because and even they look down on the women, older women look down on the younger women that are that are perceived as whatever, because they want to be seen as something that they're not, man, because it's it's part of church. That's the problem with church. And and what I think makes it clean, and thank you for bringing that around. I'm going to clip that. Can I play that on the air? That's it. Patent pending, number one, Ricky Bobby. The, <laughs> The, the honesty piece, man, and the transparency. And that's really what this, and love, bro. Yeah. Everything we do is with love. Yeah. That is the message. So we'll use different terminology. We'll use different paths. We'll use different analogies. But it's love. And our focus is on our community and our babies. Yep. If somebody has listened to anything that we've talked about, and felt like we weren't too inclusive, or whatever the case may be, that's something you got to deal with. 
we're clear on what our objective is. Yeah. And that is to create a space so that we as men can talk and share. Don't necessarily mean agree all the goddamn time. Right. To share yeah. and to not be judged. Yeah. And to be listened to and to be supported. Mm-hmm. And yep. sometimes that's gonna look wild because the truth is wild. Yeah. And the truth is we don't feel like these women are being held accountable. And there's not much we can do about that as men. But what we can do, what we can do is hold ourselves and each other and in these spaces accountable. And that means action. That means thinking about shit different, doing shit different. Mm -hmm. Some shit that we ain't never done before. Yeah. I don't know what that looks like for the individual, but it's a part of the accountability. Yeah. It's a part of the ownership. Yeah. And you can recognize the obstacle, mm-hmm. right? And and all its forms and all of its forms and shapes and sizes and strengths and all of that. But you can also recognize that it's just an obstacle. Mm-hmm. That's something that you that we all in deciding that we're going to move different is that we have to navigate this obstacle to get to what we just talked about, to get to these babies, to get to this community, to get to being translated, to get to being a better us that we have to mitigate these obstacles. But it's nothing, no matter how big it is, man, it's, dog, we get there. Mm-hmm. You get there every day, bro. You, you raising a boy, you raising your sons every single day in spite of all of the other shit, mm-hmm. right? And we all need to get in that space, mm-hmm. at least understanding that. It was, it was the, <clears throat> I gotta say, I mean, because I don't want to take all credit for it, man, but it was, it was people in the court about with my older son that realized that she, you know, was playing games. Yeah. I mean, this is this not happened to this is not the first time this happened to me before. Yeah. But it was the it was the judge that actually saw that I was trying. You know what I mean? Yeah. So other people showing up and saying, hey man, we see that this is happening. Right. And we're not gonna ignore it and act like it's not happening. We see that she's actually doing this. Right. And and that's all we want. You know, acknowledge that this is happening. Right. Yeah. Don't make me think that I'm crazy or it's my fault. And let me go back and say that I got to fix and work on myself. Right. Maybe I have been working on myself. Right. And maybe it's time for somebody else to step up and stand in the gap and help me so I can help this child. You know, right. whether that's a daughter or a son. And right. that's what needs to happen for the community. You don't don't look at it as that, okay, so if I help the father, I'm I'm not helping the mother, you know, so that's wrong. No. That's crazy. It's yeah. but that's what's happening. Yeah. If I help yeah. the father, yeah. then that means that I'm not helping the mother. That's that's yeah. how it's looked at. Right. But the father hasn't had no help. He's all the way down here and the mom is up here, so he gets no help at all. Right. So the thing is is that you gotta look at it. If I help the father, it's gonna help the child. And it's gonna help the mother. Yeah. So they're gonna actually win if if this person gets this help. So right. people now have to step up. And, and do something. I mean, that's the first thing is just 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 step in and step up and do something. Yeah. Be present. Right. You know, show up. Try. And let this man know that he has, you know, some assistance, that he has a force of things that's trying to pull him out of the picture. Yeah. Or stand with him. Yeah. You know, whether that's going to court. Yeah. Whether that's making a phone call for him. Whether that's going to the kids' event. You know, the kids need to see that, hey, I got a community that's supporting me through this. It's not just daddy. Yeah. Right here, yeah. I got a legion of people that 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 loves me and want to see me do good. And yeah. when people start stepping up like that, 
Yeah. And those type of moms see that, and the judges in the courts and the officers and the sheriffs see that, then they start to change their ways. But if all of these men are being told to do things on their own, they, they, they're lone rangers, yep. then they're going to get hammered. Yep. Well, I know a lot of dudes going through what you're going through, bro, and you was the only one who has agreed to speak with the level of transparency that you have, dude. And I wanted to say thank you. Yes, sir. It is not an easy thing. Absolutely not. And and you are taking responsibility, bro. And you are putting yourself out there. And as a man, knowing what men go through and the fact that you're doing that, man, I salute you. And yes, I appreciate you and thank you. Yes, sir. And you might not see all of the ways in which you're touching and impacting and being an example, but you are. And that is the accountability piece. Yep. And and just by you doing that, you're shining a light on a lot of things, man, that that that, that you're aware of. And I just wanted to say thank you for that. Yes, sir. Um, we know you got the GoFundMe piece popping. I'm going to make sure that we um, post that in here as well and connect to some other things, man. Um, but I really appreciate you coming on. Is there anything that you wanted to say or share about anything before we wrap no, it up? Just, um, <clears throat> I appreciate y'all having me here, man. You know, like I started out before, man, this, this show is epic. You know, it, it's amazing, man. And then, you know, thank you for, you know, thinking enough of me, both of you all. To uh to you know have me you know come down here and talk about you know this story man you know so uh, the only thing I say man like I said before well defined problems have solved man and uh, many hands make light work and idle hands uh, the devil drags out yeah yeah we uh we appreciate you coming out man and uh, we see you bro we recognize all that you're doing and you might not it might not. It might not be clear to you now, but what you're doing is not only helping your son and yourself, it's also, even though it's hard to see, a lot of times helping that mother too. And we all, and it's all, I mean, you know, we pulling and praying for you, bro. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate you, bro. All right, man. Appreciate you, life. Yep, appreciate you. Out of here. All right, man. Yes, Peace. Sir, man. Peace. Peace.